Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'ufiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayhi'ati a'malina man yahdihillahu falamudillalah wa man yudlil falahadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharikalah وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال وقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محتثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار all praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. The reason for choosing this topic, the Ahlul Bayt, and how we as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah view the Ahlul Bayt is a topic that is maybe not discussed very often. It is a topic that maybe many shies away from as they feel it might lead to them falling under a certain category of people. And you might be wondering why speak about the Ahlul Bayt this time of the year. The reason for this is that as we discussed a bit last week when we did the biography of Hussein radiallahu an, that Hussein radiallahu an, he was martyred on the 10th of Muharram and we find ourselves in the month of Muharram and every single year during the month of Muharram we find that certain people they do certain things and they speak about certain things which is contrary to the belief of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah as well as certain actions which was not found in the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam it was not found in the life of our pious predecessors, our Salafus Salih. And this is why we as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, that we need to clarify certain matters so that it becomes clear and understood by the masses. And then the next question is, why do we focus on the Ahlul Bayt? We focus on the Ahlul Bayt 
because the Ahlul Bayt is the closest to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he spoke about the Ahlul Bayt, he loved the Ahlul Bayt, as well as his companions. May Allah be pleased with all of them. The likes of Abu Bakr, the likes of Umar, of Uthman, the likes of Talha, of Zubair, of Aisha radiallahu anha. May Allah be pleased with all of them. They loved and they cared for the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the first question that comes up, and this is an extremely important question. Who is the Ahlul Bayt? What forms the Ahlul Bayt? So the Ahlul Bayt, they are those who cannot accept Sadaqah. They are the messenger, peace be upon him's wives. They are his offspring and every believing male and female that is from the lineage of Abu Muttalib. They are Banu Hashim ibn Abdul Manaf. Abdul Muttalib ibn Rabi'ah ibn Al-Harith, he narrated that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, that indeed zakah ought not to be given to the family of Muhammad. It will be like giving them from the impurities of the people. In another narration says it is not lawful for Muhammad, peace be upon him, nor his family, may Allah bless them all, to accept this. And this is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. As for the wives of Muhammad, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allahu Azza wa Jal He says وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِ كُنَّ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْ نَتَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى وَأَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتِينَ الزَّكَاةَ وَأَتِعْنَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهِ إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ مُرِجَسَ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ Tathira, and this is found in Suratul Ahzab, verse number 33. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions and He says, And stay in your houses, and do not display yourselves like that of the times of ignorance, of jahiliyyah. So adorn yourself properly and cover yourselves correctly. And perform salah, establish your prayer, and give zakah. And obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, if you want true success, then true success is in obedience of Allah and his messenger. And the verse carries on and Allah says, And Allah wishes only to remove our ridges, evil deeds and sins from you. O members of the family of the Prophet and sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to purify you with a thorough purification. Ibn Qayyim rahimallahu ta'ala he says that the correct statement is that charity and his zakah is prohibited even on the wives of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was the same opinion held by Imam Ahmad Ibn Hanbal, 
because this is the impurity of the people's property. This is something that they need to get rid of. And Allah has kept the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his al, his family. He has protected them and kept them free from this impurity. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. And indeed it is a strange fact, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that the wives of the Prophet wasallam, that they are considered part of the family of Al-Muhammad. So yes, they are considered the family and everyone accepts this. But it is a strange fact that when it comes to the minimum sustenance or the sacrifice of animals or not getting a stomach full meal for three continuous days and these are all found in different narrations narrated to us by either by the companions by Muhammad peace be upon him or sending blessings sending salutations salatu was salam during the final raka'ah of our salah in our tahiyat so they are all part of the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in these circumstances and these circumstances for example not getting food a minimum sustenance etc these are all matters that they go through in struggle but when it comes to the prohibition of charity they are not included in the al-bayt of Muhammad whereas the charity is an impurity grimes so people say they are not part of the Ahlul Bayt so they can not get or that they can get charity. Right, so this is what people say. But when it comes to the struggle of other things then they say no they are part of the Ahlul Bayt. So this is why the ulama have said that you cannot take them out of one thing but you want to add them with regards to the sadaqah and the sadaqah is the impurities of people so they are free from both of these things and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect his family his ahlul bayt so the ahlul bayt the scholars they have presented three different views about the intended meanings and especially when the term ahl is added to bait or to a person number one it includes all those who have kingship or a strong relationship with a person yani the owner of the house of the bait or the house itself number two it exclusively notes the wives of the owner of the house number three it exclusively connotes the family, I mean, yani the children of the owner of the house. So the latter two opinions, they are uncommon and they contradict the texts of the Quran and the Sunnah, the purified Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Another word that tends to come up is, we find in the hadith, al-itra. With a ta. At times this word is <coughs> used interchangeably in place of Ahlul Bayt but with some variation in meaning. This word 
means the kingship of the man and his origin. So the male and his origin. So if we say that the itra of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it means the Banu Hashim solely, then consequently we cannot say about the wives of the Prophet that they are from his itra, although they are clue included in the Ahlul Bayt. So we find certain ahadith that speaks about al-itra. And then we find hadith that speaks generally about the Ahlul Bayt. Some of the scholars, they have said that this word, al-itra of the man, they are his relatives from his son, the sons of his son, and the closest sons of his paternal uncle. The next important point that we need to look at, the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah regarding the Ahlul Bayt. Because many times we find that a certain group, a certain type of people, they exclusively want to hold onto the Ahlul Bayt. And they exclusively feel that they are more rightful to speak about the Ahlul Bayt because they apparently have love for the Ahlul Bayt and Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama has no love for the Ahlul Bayt. And this is totally incorrect because the Aqeedah of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama regarding the Ahlul Bayt, they are in between two extremes. They do not exaggerate their status, nor do they belittle the Ahlul Bayt. And as we mentioned before, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا That indeed we have made you a nation that is in the middle. A nation that is not in extremism, as we will see a bit later. So yes, we love the Ahlul Bayt and we show respect to the Ahlul Bayt. But we never exaggerate their status. We never put them manzila. We never make them makana. Something far greater than what Allah and His Messenger has said about them. Nor do we belittle them. Nor do we show no love to them. As we find that some groups do. But Allah has made us such. And this was the way of the companions. May Allah be pleased with all of them. This was the way of the Salafus Salih, of our pious predecessors. That whatever they did in the deen of Allah, with regards to the ibadah, with regards to their daily life, was that they chose the middle path. Because beware, إِيَّاكُمْ وَالْغُلُوْ that beware of exaggeration, beware of ghulu. For indeed this ghulu, it, yani it destroys you. And how many times have we seen that when someone goes into an extreme, what happens afterwards? He burns out. So we as Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama, we love all of the Ahlul Bayt. We don't distinguish them and we don't take out certain persons from the Ahlul Bayt. We do not restrict the Ahlul Bayt 
to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to Fatima radiallahu anha, to Hassan and Hussein, and to Ali. May Allah be pleased with all of them. As we will see a bit later. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي السُّورِ فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ وَلَا يَتَسَاءَلُونَ Allah azza wa jal, he says, then when the trumpet is blown, there will be no kinship amongst them that day, nor will they ask of one another. On the day of Qiyamah, we are all going to stand in front of Allah Azza wa Jal, and each and every one of us will be asked about our own deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to ask me about my mother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to ask me that if your father prayed, did your father not pray? Did he pray? Did he give zakah? No. Every person is going to stand on his own. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He commands us to hasten to forgiveness and to do righteous deeds. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرُدُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْرِ Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ That march forth in the way which leads to forgiveness from your Lord. وَجَنَّةٍ عَرُدُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ and for paradise as wide as the heavens and the earth, أُعِدَّتْ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ It is prepared for those people that have taqwa. So ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not saying that if you belong to a certain lineage, if you belong to a certain group, if your great-great-grandfather was a certain person, that there is no need for you to do good. وَسَارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ that hasten and walk forth, go forward into the way that leads to the forgiveness of your Lord. الَّذِينَ يُنْفِكُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ And they are those who they spend in the path of Allah in times of prosperity and in times of hardship. So never ever think that I'm going through something good, I don't need to spend in the way of Allah. And never ever think that I'm going through difficulty so I cannot spend in the way of Allah. Because all these things leads to good deeds. And good deeds leads to forgiveness. And forgiveness leads to the entering of paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ هُمْ مِنْ خَشْيَةِ رَبِّهِمْ مُشْفِقُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ يُؤْمِنُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِرَبِّهِمْ لَا يُشْرِكُونَ وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْتُونَ مَا أَتَوْ وَقُلُوبُهُمْ وَجِلَةٌ أَنَّهُمْ إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ رَاجِعُونَ أُولَئِكَ يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَهُمْ لَهَا سَابِقُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again speaking about good deeds. He says that for indeed those who live in awe for fear of their Lord and those who believe in the ayat of their Lord, yani the proofs, the evidences, the signs, the lessons, the revelations that Allah gives, and those who join not anyone in worship, they do not ascribe and they do not render the ibadah to anyone else except Allah Azza wa Jal, 
and those who give that, yani the charity which they give, and also they do good deeds with their hearts full of fear. Because they are sure to return to Allah Azza wa Jal. So again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to ask us on the day of Qiyamah about our family, about our offsprings. What was your lineage? But Allah Azza wa Jal is going to focus. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we see the text in the Quran, and the text and the of a hadith of Muhammad ibn Abdullah al-Hashimi al-Qurashi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You'll be asked, what did you do? How did you worship Allah? Did you pay, give zakah? Were you good to people? What type of person were you? What type of deeds did you do? And know that we are all going to stand in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to Ask us about our deeds. Amr ibn As, he said that I heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying openly and not secretly. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he spoke to his companions and he said the family of Abu Saw, yani Abu Fulan, yani At-Talib, are not amongst my protectors. So Amr said, that there was a blank space in the book of Muhammad ibn Ja'far. So he added, the Prophet says, My protector is Allah and the righteous believing people. Amr ibn Asi added that I heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, But they, that family, have kinship with me and I will be good and dutiful to them. So here this hadith is showing us and teaching us something important. That firstly, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that my mawla, my wali, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is my protector. And the righteous believing people. He did not say that my family, my noble family that I come from, that they are my protectors. That I'm going to rely on them. But he says that because they, we have king, I have kinship with him, we have rahim with him, I will be good and dutiful to them. But as for my deeds and my protection, and that, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is my protector and the righteous believing people. So this hadith, why we bring it? To show that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is telling us and is informing us that lineage doesn't mean anything. Lineage is not going to protect me. If Allah Azza wa Jal does not protect me, then surely my lineage is not going to protect me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says, Ya ayyuhan nabiyu kulli azwajika in kuntunna turidna alhayata al-dunya wa zinataha fata'alayna umatti'kunna Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Say, O Muhammad, say to your wives that if you desire the life of this world and its glitter and its beauty, then come. I will make a provision for you and set you free in a good way. Meaning you can have a divorce. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing and speaking to the wives of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is a general message for us as well. That this, if you desire the world and its glitter, then this way is not a way for you. But if Allah grants you this, then alhamdulillah. But to the wise specifically of Rasulullah if you desire this and Allah says, then O oh Muhammad, then maybe you should divorce them. وَإِن And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن كُنْتُنَّ تُرِدْنَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ Allah says, but if you desire Allah and His Messenger, and you want to get the home of the year after, Jannah. For indeed Allah that indeed Allah is prepared for all the muhsinat, the good doers, amongst you an enormous reward. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he addresses the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says ya nisa o wives min o wives of the prophet that whosoever of you min kunna bifahishatin mubayyinatin that whosoever of you commits open illegal sexual intercourse yudha'af laha al'adhab the torment of her will be doubled. Di'afayni wa kana thalika ala Allahi yasira. And that is ever easy for Allah. So, O oh wise of the Prophet, peace be upon him. If you're going to do something illegal with another male, then know that the punishment of Allah is going to be doubled for you. Wa may yaqnut and whomsoever min kunna and whomsoever of you is obedient to Allah and His Messenger, and they do righteous deeds, then we shall give her her rewards twice. And we have prepared for her a noble provision, yani paradise. Ya Nisa al-Nabi, O wise of the Prophet, Lastunna, and this is important, Lastunna ka ahadim min Nisa, that you are not like any other woman. Inittaqaytunna, fala takhda'na bil qawl, fayatma'a alladhina fi qalbihi maradun, wa kulna qawlan ma'rufa. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, O wives of the Prophet, you are not like any other woman. If you keep your duty to Allah, then be not soft in speech, lest in his, whose heart is a disease of nifaq, yani hypocrisy, or evil desire for adultery. So should be moved with desire, but speak in an honorable Manner. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing them and saying that you are not like other women. 
You are a special woman, O wives of the Prophet. And when you speak to people, don't speak to the men in a soft speech. Because these men might have a disease in their heart and they might fall for you because of this type of speech that you are giving or how you are speaking to them. But speak in an honorable manner. وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى وَأَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتِينَ الزَّكَاةَ وَأَتِعْنَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَ إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ بُرِجَسَ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ تَطْهِيرًا And Allah Azza wa Jal He says, and stay in your houses and do not display yourselves like that of the times of ignorance. Mean, adorn yourselves properly. Wear the hijab, dress appropriately, and perform salah and give your zakah. And obey Allah and His obey His Messenger as we discussed this verse earlier. Innama yuridullah. And indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He wants to remove and He wishes to remove this ridges from you, O members of the Ahlul Bayt. To purify you with a thorough purification. وَاذْكُرْنَ مَا يُتْلَى فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ لَطِيفًا خَبِيرًا Then Allah Azza wa Jalla also says and remember O you the members of the Prophet's family that which is recited in your houses of the verses of Allah and the Hikmah the Prophet's Sunnah of one that for indeed Allah is most courteous and well acquainted with all things the reason for bringing these few verses is to show you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the seerah of these verses is addressing the wives of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then Allah azza wa jal, he speaks about the ahl, the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is again including the wives of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Contrary to the Ithna Ashariya and the Rafidiya, the Shia who says no, that this verse is referring to Fatima, to Hassan and Hussein and to Ali. So we show you and we prove that Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentions the wives all the time. And then for one verse, he changes just to Fatima, to Ali, to Hassan and Hussein. And in the next verse, back to the wives. So this is غير معكو. This does not make sense. And this is why this we use as one of the proofs that the wives of the Prophet wasallam that they are part of the Ahl. They are part of the Ahlul Bayt of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. reports that Muhammad, they heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying that indeed Allah granted eminence to Kinana from amongst the descendants of Ismail and he granted eminence to the Quraysh amongst Kinana and he granted eminence to Banu Hashim amongst the Quraysh and he granted me eminence from the tribe of Banu Hashim referring to the Ahl of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Aisha radiallahu anha reported that Allah's apostle went out one morning wearing striped cloak of a black camel's hair that, and then came Hassan ibn Ali. He wrapped him under this. And then came Hussein. And he wrapped him under this. And then came Fatima. And he took her under this cloak as well. And then Ali. And he took him under the cloak as well. And then he recited, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ اللَّهِ لِيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ مُرِجَسَ أَهْلَ الْبَيْتِ وَيُطَهِّرَكُمْ تَوْطِهِيرًا that Allah only desires to take away any uncleanliness from you, O people of the household and purity, through or thorough purification. So this is the story of the Kisa. And this again is used by the Shia. This is used by the Isna Asharia, by the Rafidiyah to show you that they are the Ahlul Bayt only. As well as the hadith of Mubahala. And the answer to this is that they are not the only members of the Ahlul Bayt. They are members of the Ahlul Bayt like the wives of the Prophet and others. So what we understand here is that they are Ola. And this can be explained in many ways. That sometimes, for example, in life, you have a group of people and from the group of people, maybe one or two carries a bit more virtue than the others. But this does not mean that the whole group does not form part of the company, etc. So we have a company and then we have a CEO. The CEO carries more weight. The CEO has better or more virtue than the others. But this does not mean that the rest is not part of the company. For example, you have stones. But then you have a very expensive stone. Do we say that the expensive stone is not part of the stones? No. So like this, they were Ola with regards to the Ahlul Bayt. But this does not mean that we need, that we take out the wives of the Prophet, peace be upon him now. This does not mean we take out the others that is part of the Ahlul Bayt, that we take them out and we only concentrate on Fatima and Hassan Hussein and Ali. This does not make sense. So loving the Ahlul Bayt, its manifestation and ways to do this. It is important and it is part of our aqidah that we love and that we honor the Ahlul Bayt. And the first point to do this is to mention the virtues, to mention the morals and the Islamic rights. The narrations covering the virtues of the Ahlul Bayt, they are recorded in most authentic books of Ahadith, starting from Imam Al-Bukhari and ending with those that have lesser authenticity. And if one browses through Bukhari and Muslim or the Jami of Imam At-Tirmidhi, then one will find some chapters that deals with Ali ibn Abi Talib, that deals with Al-Hasan, that deals with Al-Hussein, 
that deals with Fatima or Al-Abbas and the sons of Abdullah and Ja'far ibn Abi Talib and chapters that deals with the mothers of the believers or others amongst the Ahlul Bayt. So this shows us that we as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah We show reverence to them. We love them. We honor them. And this is why our books of hadith mentions them. We mention their virtues. We mention their narrations. And we speak high and we respect them. And furthermore, if you go to the books of the, for example, the books of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, then you will see that again, speaks about the manakib, the virtues, of the Ahlul Bayt. We find that Imam An-Nasai, he writes a book, the Khasais of Ali ibn Abi Talib. So for someone to come and say that the Ahlul Sunnah, they do not honor the Ahlul Bayt, they do not respect the Ahlul Bayt, then this is Buhtan. Then this is something which is extremely fabricated and misinterpreted against Ahlul Sunnah. Imam Ash-Shawkani himself, he has a book where he speaks about the manakib of the Ahlul Bayt and many other ulama. Number two, when we make salah, then practicing Muslims without exception, they recite the salawat on the Ahlul Bayt in the Tashawud, in the Salah. With awareness of their standings and their merits. So again, if there was no love for them, why would you mention them in your Salah? Which is compulsory on, be, on every believing male and female. Number three, the declaration on the obligation to love the Ahlul Bayt along with knowing their rights without extremism or negligence, without ifrat and tafrit. And towards the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet wasallam, people can be divided into three categories. Between exceeding the proper bounds and negligence and the straight path, and here we need to explain. So the first category, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, are those who have exceeded the proper bounds in terms of the Ahlul Bayt's rights. These are those who are who treat them unjustly and they speak ill of them. This is not us. So they are those who they speak ill of the Ahlul Bayt. They dislike the Ahlul Bayt. And this is not part of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Then we find the second category, they are those who went too far with their love of the Ahlul Bayt. They took this to another level. And they went beyond the proper Islamic limits, therein, and they went to extremes towards the Ahlul Bayt. To certain extremes where they put the Ahlul Bayt higher than the status of Anbiya at certain times where they give certain qualities to the Ahlul Bayt that does not befit human beings. Where, for example, where they say that the Ahlul Bayt or certain members of the Ahlul Bayt, 
They have certain powers, etc. Then we have the third group. And this group is the group which is in the middle. The moderates and the just. And they've abandoned the way of the former two categories. Of Gulu and Jaffa. And they've taken the middle ground. Based on the ayah, that verse that Allah has given to us. وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا That indeed, we have created you on the middle path as a middle nation. And there's no extremism. If we look at Sheikh Muhammad Siddiq Khan, Hassan Khan, he says that the love for them, meaning yani for the Ahlul Bayt, it is wajib, it is compulsory. And enjoined upon every single individual of this nation, every single Muslim, believe in male and female. And whomsoever is withheld from it, he has indeed been excluded from a lot of good. For indeed, the truth is between the two, between Al-Jafa and Hulu, between the one that exaggerates and the one that is negligent. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih, Shaykh Muhammad Salih ibn Uthaymin, may Allah be pleased with him, and all the ulama of this ummah, he says, for the principles of Ahlul Sunnah, wal Jamaah, is that they indeed love the Ahlul Bayt. They love the Ahlul Bayt of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They love them for their belief and for being relatives of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they never have any dislike towards them. Number four, the concern of the lineage of the Ahlul Bayt and harshness towards those who claim to be of the Ahlul Bayt. So these things, that still this still falls under what we can do towards the Ahlul Bayt. Yani in terms of education, in terms of our love, etc. So we have a concern of who is Ahlul Bayt and the lineage. And those that claim to be of the Ahlul Bayt, but they are not. Islam is free of this. And they should be warned out against. Islam is concerned about the maintenance of lineages. There's no doubt. And preserving them from confusion and considered the claim of a man being related to other than his father. If someone has no lineage to his father, then this is a lie if he claims that I am of this lineage and Allah knows best. So those were just some of the ways that we honor and we love and ways that we can learn about the Ahlul Bayt. The honoring of the companions with regards and the way of the companions with regards to the Ahlul Bayt. Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim, they bring a narration of Aisha radiyallahu anha, that Abu Bakr radiyallahu an, he said, by whom my hand is... By the one in whose my soul rests, the kingship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is more beloved to me than to maintain close relations with some of my own kin, with some of my own family. So the Ahlul Bayt 
is more beloved. And who is saying this? Abu Bakr radiallahu The same person, the same companion that was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the ghar, in the cave. The same companion that when the Quraysh came to him and they asked him, without him knowing that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam went on the Isra and the Mi'raj, without knowing this, they came to him and they asked that is your companion, is your sahib, is your friend, is he gone a bit crazy? So Abu Bakr knows why? And they explain and they say no, because he says that he went from Makkah to Jerusalem, etc., etc., and we all know the story. In a night and he returned, Abu Bakr radiallahu immediately believes that Muhammad sallallahu has spoken the truth and he says that I believe Muhammad. This was that Abu Bakr radiallahu that will sacrifice his life for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That led this ummah when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was ill and he could not lead the salah. Then he said, command Abu Bakr to lead the salah. In this lengthy hadith in Aisha radiallahu anha, she says, remember the daughter, she's the daughter of Abu Bakr. She says to her husband Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa do not let my father lead, for indeed he cries a lot and he will cry a lot in the salah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he still says that command Abu Bakr to lead the salah. If this in itself does not show you that Abu Bakr is going to be the next Khalifa, if this is not a sign, then I don't know what is. So is this Abu Bakr, that radiallahu anhu, that has been accused by the Ithna Ashariya, by the Rafidiya, for doing certain things. For example, usurping the rights of Fatima radiallahu anha. For having hatred for the Ahlul Bayt. But he says that I love the Ahlul Bayt more than I love some of my relationships with my own family. This is Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. From Umar ibn Khattab. He says, so Umar ibn Khattab that he said to Al-Abbas who was the paternal uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam take your time O Abbas thus by Allah your Islam and the day you became a Muslim is more beloved to me than the Islam of Al-Khattab meaning referring to Umar's father if he became Muslim and there is nothing on me saying that except that I knew that your Islam is more beloved to the messenger than the Islam, وسلم, than the Islam of Al-Khattab. So here again, Umar radiallahu this is showing that he proves and that he loves the Ahlul Bayt more. And again, so this group, the Ithna Ashariya, the Rafidiya, they accuse Umar radiallahu of not loving the Ahlul Bayt. They accuse Umar radiallahu of abusing Fatima radiallahu and doing other things to the Ahlul Bayt which is not true. So this religion of Islam is given preference over lineage. So stating the merits of the Ahlul Bayt and praising them highly does not mean that you favor them in religion in general and in all conditions over all people. As some individuals, they might be those who are better than some other individuals. They might be more pious and they might fear Allah Azza wa Jal. Because sometimes in life, and we find this quite a common practice in today's time, that this person is from the lineage of 
the Prophet وسلم, so you cannot do anything wrong. No. It still means that sometimes you might find and as the poet he says he speaks about lineage and he says that if you look at the lineage of Salman al-Farsi look at his lineage but see what type of person he ended up he was a companion but then you look at the lineage of Abu Jahl and you see where he landed up look at Abu Lahab where did he land up so this is why it's important that no matter what lineage you have even if you're part of the Ahlul Bayt you need to worship Allah Azza wa Jal correctly the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions and he says O people Ya ayyuhal nas Afwan He says, O people Iyakum wal ghulu That beware of exaggeration in your religious matters For those who came before you were doomed Because of exaggeration in their religious matters This hadith is found in Ibn Majah So what is the definition of ghulu? In, in Lisan al-Arab, it says that ghulu yani is he who went beyond its limits. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, may Allah be pleased with him, he was asked about a hadith of Ibn Abbas, beware of ghulu. So he asked, what is the meaning of ghulu? So he says that ghulu is when one exceeds the proper limits in everything in love and hatred. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Ibn Qayyim rahimallahu ta'ala, he mentions, and he says, in that which Allah commanded the devil it has two tendencies. Either towards tafrit, negligence, or towards ifrat, exaggeration. Whereas the religion of Allah is in the middle between the one who abandons it and he who is extreme. Like the river between the two mountains and the guidance between two deceptions and the middle between two edges as the one who abandons the affair he is wasting it and the extremist is likewise the former by neglecting the limit and the other one by exceeding the limit this is Ibn Qayyim's explanation and this is a beautiful explanation of Hulu as we mentioned that we as an Ummah we are in the middle we do not go into exaggerating, nor do we go into negligent. Ashinqiti mentions and he says, Allah be pleased with him, the scholars have determined that the truth is between the two, between negligence and exaggeration, and that the meaning of the statement 
is correct, that a good deed is between these two things. So my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, a talk like this does not do justice to the Ahlul Bayt. As obviously there are many things that can be said, there are many more things, but obviously time does not allow us to go into this. And this was just an, yani like an introduction to who the Ahlul Bayt is and the stance of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding the Ahlul Bayt. And the Ahlul Bayt, if you read the history and you read the biographies of those of the Ahlul Bayt, you will find that they loved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They loved the companions. They practiced Islam moderately. And it is unfortunate that people have come afterwards and they have put certain qualities to the Ahlul Bayt which is not part of this methodology of the Ahlul Bayt. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He guides us and them to that which is correct. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places love in our hearts towards the Ahlul Bayt. And if we do not honor them in the way that they should, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And as for those that have gone into extremism with regards to the Ahlul Bayt, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring them back to the way of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And if there was any good and khair, then this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if there were any mistakes, then this is from my shortcomings. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa astawfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.